Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. One of the most common questions I get asked by self-employed people, entrepreneurs, or people wanting to uh, start their new vocation is, when should I hire up? Now, there are two main schools of thought. I'll give you both, and then I'll give you some things to do in advance to be able to scale up the quickest so that you can get more done in less time, so that you can do the strategic stuff and not the tactical stuff so you can do more of what you love and less of what you don't um, and so you can basically make more money without you know busting your life away in the process so two schools of thought on when you should hire up uh, one is now uh, and one is uh, wait until everything sort of breaks and you're at full capacity before you hire so if you wait until something breaks or you're at full capacity the good thing about that is you know you're lean. You know that you're not wasting money. You know that you're not paying people unnecessarily. But what that will mean is increased chaos, less time for onboarding, um, probably more mistakes. Uh, and so you've got to weigh up uh, if that's the trade-off that you're prepared to give. Now, hiring up now, I suppose the downside of that is you've got a little, a little bit more of an investment of cost and time up front, you may not feel ready, you know, you may not be uh, fully maximizing all of your time yet. Um, now, when we started at Progressive, Mark and myself, we had the latter um, or this approach. Um, I don't know why I'm doing this with my hands, by the way. Uh, and, and that was let's wait till we're at full capacity, stay lean, not waste a single penny. Um, and I think it was good to keep us lean in those early, um, what, one or two years. Um, but certainly meant we got a little bit stressed. We worked maybe, you know, harder than we perhaps should um, or, or needed to. We certainly made more mistakes because we're, you know, trying to do one job for ourselves, you know, trying to write job descriptions, trying to, um, you know, do other people's jobs, hire up other people. Um, and, and we weren't really planned in advance. Um, but hey, we got by and we kept overheads low. And I'd rather you kept overheads low than get, went and hired 20 people just because you raised a bit of funds and waste all the money. But I'm going to talk to you more about this side, which is being ready to hire up now, because there are some things that you can do such that you can scale up and hire up a lot quicker uh, without it costing you too much money. Um, and, and they are as follows. Number one is you can outsource now a lot easier quicker and cheaper than you could, you know, in the old school days when Mark and I set up in 2005 stroke six. So you can go on various websites, whether it's Upwork or, um, you know, online jobs, jobs.ph, 99designs, uh, and you can get uh, Rent-A-Coder. Uh, you know, you can, you can hire coders for a single job. You can hire freelancers. We um, have freelancers to edit our podcasts, for example. You could have freelancers to edit your videos. You could have you know, 99designs to design your website. You could have Rent-A-Coder to code your website. Um, you could have admins and virtual PAs, you know, that are not based um, in your offices because you might not have one and you therefore you don't have the overhead. 
Uh, and, um, you know, literally for 50 quid, 100 quid, 500 quid a month, you can pick off a lot of these jobs. You've not got that increased overhead and risk of hiring people. Also, you can give a job to a designer that's a designer job, a job to a coder that's a coder job, a job to a PA that's a PA's job. Rather than when Mark and I started hiring people, we tried to get one person to do everything. You can buy our properties, you can do our admin, you can do our bookkeeping, etc. And um, that was, you know, it's, it's, you can't really make one person who has one skill set do all of your jobs. Um, unless uh, maybe a PA could do various different things, but they're not a designer and not a coder. So definitely in this more modern online e-commerce, you know, remote leveraged lifestyle era that we're in, I'd get I'd embrace all of these uh, websites and apps and I'd start testing them now. So, you know, we get a lot of our books proofread and then edited by a lot of these outsourced editors and proofers. Uh, and, and that's a lot less expensive than hiring copywriters that might be three or four thousand pounds a month to do that for you. Um, but what most people do is wait until they need it and then chuck out uh, this task uh, and don't spend enough time finding the right people or writing a good enough job description or template. And then when the job doesn't come back perfectly, they have a bit of a meltdown and go, oh, that didn't work. Oh. Um, the reality is, you probably want to start testing a few different ones first. And I'll give you a, a real life example. I've just had my logo designed for the Rob Moore Foundation. I'm just at the moment crowdsourcing a title for one of my new books, which is most likely to be Routine Equals Results. Now, they're two perfect examples of how I could say to three different designers on 99designs, for example, hey, look, mock me up three different designs for the Rob Moore Foundation logo. Uh, and I can test these three against each other. Uh, and I'm, in 99designs and sites like that, you don't have to actually have to pay until you get the job done. Now, others you do. Uh, Upwork, people actually bid for your job, and then there's like a Fee, feedback and review system so you can see how good they are like Amazon and eBay have. So there's a lot of protection for you, the consumer. Uh, and because there's a lot of competition, it reduces the fees. So um, getting a book cover um, done, a few concepts or getting a, a logo for my foundation, that, that might cost me 50 to 100 quid. Now I have in-house designers who do that, so I don't need to do that, but that's what I would do. Matthew's just commented about, um, you know, hiring people on Fiverr. That's F I V. RR, fiber. And yeah, you can exactly, you can get various jobs done for five quid. You could get manuals designed, 3D images, etc. Um, so try and start soon and early if you're deciding to be ready to hire up and not hire up when you, you know, everything's going to break. Uh, and test more than one individual, more than one website, uh, and, and you know, and, and line them up against each other. Now, when you find a really good proofer and a really good editor, which are different, then you want to start giving them more work. When you find a good designer, then give them more work because you've already tested them. Uh, and then you scale it up from there. Um, the good thing about hiring up that a lot of people don't really understand is you only pay once the job is done. So if you hire someone on a salary, and let's say you pay them £30,000 a year, you actually don't. You pay them nothing for 30 days, uh, and then you might pay them their 2500 at the end of the month. 
And when I said when you might, you know, obviously you do. Um, and in that first year, certainly in UK employment law, um, there, there, it's pretty easy just to say, hey, it didn't work out. Um, so, you know, maybe you should move on um, or give people an extended probation such that, um, you know, you're not going to be in any employment trouble if it doesn't work out and you didn't lose anything per se other than time. And of course, you know, some amount of salary. But this is important as well. And I would do this for outsourced staff as well as insourced staff. Uh, and that is you can have minimum standards of performance, MSOPs. Now, with MSOPs, you can put in there their key result areas, the KRAs. I've written a, a lot about, about this in Life Leverage. And so basically, let's say that you want to pay them 30 grand a year, 2,500 a month. Well, you have to, not necessarily want to, but you have to. Um, you could make their minimum standards of performance link to bringing in £50,000 a year or, you know, £4,500-ish a month. Now, of course, that's easier with salespeople, but I'll give you an example how you can do that with non-revenue generating people. Uh, what you can do is you could, if it's for your assistant, you could work out all the expenses you pay for the year, travel, accommodation, flights, hotels, all the things you buy on eBay, all the things you buy for yourself, etc., uh, and you can challenge them with the task of reducing that by 20%. Uh, and then that might be a, a saving of, say, £10,000. Um, there's various uh, revenue generating exercises. You can even get admin and non-monetary uh, based staff to do. Now, of course, marketing, sales, strategy, uh, that's kind of easier to get your key result areas and minimum standards of performance, MSOPs, based on, I like to go for double or triple their salary. Double as a minimum, triple as an ideal. Now, some staff might be able to five times or 10 times their salary, in which case I would argue there's a risk to you not actually to hiring them, but a risk to you not hiring them. Uh, you know, and it's a real myth that you have to work 10 times harder than everyone else and you have to work these 85 hour weeks to get anywhere. Yes, you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard, but actually your best role in your enterprise is strategy, is vision, uh, and is leadership. Uh, and then the sales, the marketing, the admin, the accountancy, the bookkeeping, the HR, and everything else, that's best served by an, an expert or a specific person in that role, because one tweak of strategy or vision or one great idea could be worth £100,000 or a million pounds or £10 million. Um, but, you know, one sale isn't going to be worth that or, you know, one good policy or process in HR isn't going to be worth that. So the harder you dig deep, working 80 hours a week on everything, admin, you know, um, copywriting, vision, strategy, sales, marketing, uh, you can't work on strategy and vision. Uh, and there's no point working 80 hours the wrong way, down the wrong rabbit hole. Um, so I would definitely encourage you to be as strategic as quickly as you can. Uh, and that would involve compartmentalizing your diary, maybe three to five hours a week minimum, ideally one to two hours a day, where you're doing strategy, vision, ideas, creativity, you're researching your competition, you're talking to mentors, you know, you're reading books, listening to podcasts, going on various courses, all the things that expand your mind to make a decision that completely changes the trajectory of your enterprise. 
Um, and, you know, like there's a lot of the Americans teaching about this hard work, this hustle, this grind. I'm not saying being late, you, being lazy is the answer. But Bill Gates, in fact, in fact, said, if you want something done, give it to a lazy person. Because a lazy person is going to think what's the shortest, easiest and most leveraged way to do it. Rather than what's the work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. When you work hard, you can't see your family. When you work hard, you know, you burn out. When you work hard, you make really bad decisions. You, you, you get emotional. You lose your rag with people. When, when I say hard, I mean really hard and too hard. You know? So you need this. I think you need this balance. So I would therefore encourage you to start thinking about hiring up now, to start building your contacts of designers, coders, admin assistants. I found that some admin are better for my personal stuff and some are better for my business stuff. So you could even separate that. So much easier to manage that all now. You could get, for example, Slack or Trello, you could get some kind of online app which manages all the tasks in these various boards, a bit like a Gantt chart, I suppose, you know, which is very easy to therefore manage all these different outsourcers. There's so many time management apps now, uh, which make it easier than ever. Um, so I would certainly encourage you to get your head out of the sand and out of the minutiae and in more to a clear vision and strategy. Um, there is no exact right time to hire up, um, but the more you plan now, the easier it will be in the future. I think the most important roles to hire up as quick as you can certainly is admin. Um, you know, and that's mostly where people start. Um, now, the, the good thing about admin is it, it relieves you from all the minutiae, which needs to be done, like tax returns and bookkeeping and you know, travel and accommodation and all these things. Um, but it doesn't bring you in any money. So as soon as you can get rid of all the non-income generating tasks and you can go into sales, strategy, vision, leadership, which are all revenue generating, then you might uh, increase your hourly rate by 5x. You might go from £10 an hour to £50 an hour, but you might only have to pay £15 an hour for someone to do all of your admin. So remember in Life Leverage, I got you to work out your income generating value. Um, and anything above that, it's okay for you to do because it's going to bring in more than your income generating value, which is going to compound in to increase your income generating value further. Um, but anything under that, it's really important to outsource that. And a lot of people think, well, I can't afford it. But you can't afford not to because if you're worth, say, £50 an hour and you bring in £50 for every hour of work you do, but you've got a £10 an hour task, whilst you can't actually physically see it, if you do that £10 an hour task, that's costing you the difference of the 50 and the 10, which is £40 an hour. It's costing you £40 an hour to do it. Whereas, like I said, many outsourcers, especially in the Philippines and various different European countries, you know, they'll do tasks for a few pounds an hour or on five for $5 an hour. That's just two R's, F-I-V-R-R. I believe. So you've got to constantly measure your time. Sometimes people think, oh, I'll just roll up my sleeves and get things done. But if you're a property investor doing viewings, making offers, raising the finance for the deals and getting the properties well managed and sustained, they are all key result area income generating tasks. Anything else is not an income generating task and it's not a key result area. And you think, oh, well, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work hard. Certainly in the UK, the way we've been raised, certainly in the working class, is that you've got to work hard to be successful. It's like all these success stories are all built on, you know, I started with nothing, I worked so hard for 30 years. 
It's like folklore in the UK, but actually the modern entrepreneur, that's not the way it is. It's the, 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 the world, the society is different. You can pretty much leverage out anything now. You can leverage out your HR. You can leverage out your bookkeeping. You can leverage out your consultancy. You can leverage out having an FD. You can have a financial director that does one day a month. You can leverage out your admin. You can leverage out your sales. You can leverage out your marketing. You can leverage out the management of all your social media. All of this stuff can be leveraged out and you don't even have to hire a person. Now, I personally prefer hiring people because if you hire people, not, I'm not saying that the outsourcers aren't people, but if you hire people in your office, if you have an office, you can create a culture. You know, you might have a culture like Google or Facebook or, um, you know, like a more modern culture, a beanbag culture, a pool table culture, you know, a more free millennial culture, um, which will attract more people to you. I also find um, that it, once you get people bought into your culture and your vision, they will work harder and longer and smarter to deliver your vision. Whereas if you have a lot of outsourcers who are not really bought into the vision, they're more just sort of like the task operators, the task junkies, if you like, and they'll get a job done. Now, conversely to that, if you have outsourcers, they only get paid when a good job is done. Sometimes when you have staff, especially when you get a lot of staff, they can be lazy and less accountable. So you've got to think about managing those up. Now, if I were to go back and start again, uh, what I would do is immediately get myself an online VA, an online PA to just book my travel, accommodation, do all the research. If I'm um, you know, wanting to buy anything, they can research. If I, um, anytime I want to get something new for the office or personally for me, I'd say, hey, I want to get this, please, can you go and find it cheaper? Um, you know, and again, but maybe even give them a little bit of a 20% commission on anything they can find cheaper that I can find. Let's say I want to do my podcast like I am. Could you go and find me a Zoom H1N on eBay? Um, it's 90 quid new, I think, or 80 quid. Can you find me one cheaper on eBay? Could you find me a, a Lavier mic cheaper on it? There's so many things, um, you know, that you can get them to do. Now, this is important, this part, for every outsourcer and staff member you use. So if you stayed with me this long, it's been worth it. And that is you must get all outsourcers and insourcers to write their templates, their systems, the step-by-step the -step A to Z guide of what they do in their role. Um, because if you don't have um, a one-page checklist for every task, uh, and uh, not necessarily big, but a, a detailed step-by-step -step manual for every single role that is going to be in your company or is in your company, then you're reliant on people. Whereas if you have a manual, a system, a checklist and a process for every role, insourced or outsourced, you're less reliant on people because you have the manual and the systems, um, you know, to basically onboard quicker. Um, you know, if you have a really good staff member and you let them do everything, that's great. But then if they leave and they take everything that they do that's in their head with them, you're left with this massive void. Now, in, in the past, when we've had culture changes, Mark and I have retrospectively asked for our staff members to write their systems and processes, their manuals, their checklists. Uh, and they'll often resist that just because it's a, a, a big faff and a bind to do it retrospectively. Um, and, and they kind of wriggle out of that. Whereas if it's a culture when you start, i.e. now, but part of their role is to write their job description, to write their key result areas, to write their income generating tasks and to write everything that they do in a clear bulleted system. System, even what their logins are and the websites that they use. And if it's a bit more tricky to use, they could do Camtasia or um, screenshot recordings of them moving the mouse around, clicking this, logging in here, you know, how to use Trello, how to use Asana, how to use Arthur and all these online uh, accounting and time management packages. 
then if that person leaves, you've immediately got someone who can come in and do the job remotely just by following your instructions. Now, I must be honest here, I don't always do as I say in this regard because I find writing my own systems boring. Uh, so what I did is I asked my assistant to write my systems for me. So you could even get your online assistant to write your systems for you by interviewing you on the phone for one hour a week and asking you, what do you do in this job? What do you do in that job? How do you do this? How do you do viewings? How do you make offers? What networking events do you go to? How do you manage this software? How do you manage this system? What's in your head that no one else in the company knows? How do you sell? How do you create a vision? What's your secret source? And they just pull all the information out of you and then you ask them to send you an updated document every Friday you have a quick read of it, you tweak it, you ask them to make it easier, clearer, simpler, or an area that's not expanded, expand an area that's too detailed, just summarize, give them the feedback, and then they do it again for the next Friday. Anna's just said on the live feed video that she finds that boring too. That's why you outsource the outsourcing, you leverage the leveraging, you make it their responsibility. I've had this idea for a business. I keep telling people I probably shouldn't because someone's going to go and do it one day. But I reckon if you could hire someone to spend two hours a week with you on the phone over a three to six month um, time frame to extrapolate, pull out everything in your head that you know about your role and your skills and your talents that's unique to you, present it back into you in a manual with the systems and processes and one page checklist for each thing and then video recordings of everything you do, I'd definitely pay that. I'd pay a heck of a lot of money for that. Um, in fact, that makes your business scalable and saleable. And if you're not doing that, then the business relies on you. And if it relies on you, you have to do all the jobs. And if you have to do all the jobs, you get stressed because it's not what you bought into. You know, you, when you set up your business, what you didn't want to do is the admin and the bookkeeping and the tax returns and the regulations and the GDPR and all that noise and nonsense. What you wanted to do was create the products and services or go sell the dream. That's what you want to do. And you can do that. You don't have to do all the other tasks. You do have to lead them though and have this clear strategy. All right, so I hope you found this useful on when should I hire up. I think as soon as you can afford to hire up, you should hire up. As soon as you've worked out your income generating value, you should outsource or hire in anything that costs you less than your income generating value. Otherwise, it'll bring your income generating value down. And when you do it, it'll bring your, bring your income generating value up. I think that you can immediately start by getting your processes and systems written, or you can do it yourself two to three hours a week, speaking into your Zoom H1 or your dictaphone, just talking through everything you do as you do it. That would certainly help to start. But if you want to leverage the leverage, get someone else to do it. Pick off lots of little jobs to all these various different outsourcers, getting them competing against each other to get the best designer, to get the best coder, to get the best um, outsourced HR consultant, outsourced bookkeeper. Uh, and then when you've got the best, give them more work. If they get great, then you give them all your work and you basically pull them in-house. And I think that will help you scale the quickest, leverage the quickest, make the most money in the less time doing more of what you love and outsourcing all the rest. So I hope you found this useful. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I don't know if you're a member of the Disruptive Entrepreneur community, um, but if you watch my live videos and listen, listen to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, you need to be in the Disruptive Entrepreneur community too. I believe I have now nearly 1.6 million subscriptions in 190 countries on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, yet only about 10,000 of you are in the community. So get yourself in the community. It's on Facebook. Just search Disruptive 
entrepreneur community. You'll find it there. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.